Hello, and thank you for joining the Climate Change Talk podcast series. This is part one of our discussion on structural power, gender, and climate change. In the context of many socioeconomic and environmental changes in progress across the globe, challenging established power relations and fostering transformational approaches for socially inclusive resilience has been key for enhancing the livelihood of the most vulnerable communities in the global south. Yet, shifting power relations and social norms to effectively respond to the local impact of these changes is no easy feat. Today, with, uh, with Dr. Maureen Miruka, Director of Agriculture and Market System for CARE USA, we will discuss some of the challenges and opportunities that specifically affect agriculture and how she has addressed them through her work. Thank you for being here, Maureen. So just to start, um, CARE USA is working on a project with IDRC's agriculture and food security team. Um, could you describe a little bit uh, the project and uh, what have been the early uh, insight, if any? Thank you. The projects that we are implementing with the agriculture, with the AFS team uh, in Kenya, uh, is all about evaluating the impacts of gender transformative approaches on gender equality, food and nutrition um, security outcomes. Uh, it gives us a randomized complete trial that really uh, enables us to see what are the livelihood uh, pathways and what are the equality pathways that contribute to gender transformative uh, change. Uh, the project is, is in its first year of uh, implementation and so the early results really are about uh, everything that we have col collected from the qualitative data uh, that shows that, that there's already significant shifts in uh, you know, men's behavior, in women's uh, awareness of improved uh, technologies. And um, it really goes a long way to bust the myth that it takes a long time to see uh, you know, some social change, some gender transformative change, Women are already, you know, reporting uh, positive changes in workload sharing and uh, caregiving uh, from their spouses. And what we hope to see in the longer term is more uh, significant changes as access to land, um, pro access to more pro productive land uh, by um, by women um, working together with their uh, spouses. How long do you think those changes? You will see those changes in the future. <laughs> So um, one of the approaches we use is called outcome mapping, mm -hmm. where we look at three uh, stages of what we call progress markers at the households, and we look at in three years, which really is the course of the program, we look at seeing those changes in household income decision making, which is one of the domains that is you know difficult to change, and men taking um, you know participating in activities that they would not do uh, before community leaders uh, speaking for and encouraging, uh, you know, women's empowerment and really beginning to see changes around masculinities. But some of these changes take longer than the lifespan of projects, which are, which are three years, which is why it is important to focus on approaches that actually builds the community's, you know, capacities and change agents within the community who carry on some of the dialogues that we're having so that the change continues to be embedded within uh, the communities. Okay. But let, let us take a, a step back. Can you actually describe what you do in general and uh, 
and your role in the climate change and development uh, space? So currently, as you said, uh, I lead the agriculture and market system t systems team as, at uh, KUS. I am based in Nairobi. <laughs> A few people tend to think I'm based in uh, Atlanta. Uh, my professional area is uh, the intersection between agriculture and gender and or gender in agricultural uh, based uh, livelihoods. Uh, so my work and that of care, um, we, whose mandatory is empowering women and girls in all spheres of life, we focus on empowering women in agriculture, in taking the approaches that you know have worked, taking them to scale, mm -hmm. providing further evidence to research with research organizations such as IDRC on why it is important to put women at the center of development because uh, the impacts of the, the you know the benefits of involving women are already known, but we seek to build the evidence base on why it is important and how we can uh, include women in the development discourse for gender transformative uh, change to occur. Of course, we do not work alone. We work with IDRC. We work with other organizations as the Food and Agriculture Organization. We work with other development partners. We work with private sector partners to make a business case for involving women in agriculture and taking these proven approaches to scale. When you talk a lot about, um, when you talk about gender, we talk a lot about women specifically. I was just wondering, uh, in uh, the project that you describe, how was the reaction of men when you focus on women? Mm -hmm. So how and how did you have to kind of navigate that to, mm -hmm. to make sure that you get the, the early result that you, that you described earlier? Mm -hmm. The approaches are designed to target uh, women. And this is because we want to close the gap there is between the gender gap there is between men and women. I'm also a firm believer of involving and engaging men in the discourse on women's empowerment because we have issues to address such as masculinities. So one of the things that we do and that we have seen give success from other projects regarding uh, gender transformative approaches is engaging spouses early in the, in the program, engaging community leaders early in the program, getting male ch change agents who speak for the changes that we seek to see in men, because it's not just about the women, it's about their interactions uh, you know, with the men. So we do engage men, although the main aim is to empower women in agricultural systems, it is because women are far left behind and we do want to see gender equality. So our approach in care is actually very much around gender equality and women's voice. Gender equality means engaging men and boys and women's voice. So in all the work that we do with IDRC, uh, we are very keen on the approaches that engage men and boys and bring them to the table and that address uh, masculinities. Because it's like you would be playing on opposing sides <laughs> of the team rather than in one team if you're only right. targeting one. And actually, if you target women only, there's a risk of gender-based violence as a result of shifting economic power from, uh, from men uh, to women. And so we begin in care early by having these conversations to ensure that we don't get into these negative uh, consequences. And that, that that's also open up to, um, like when you talk about gender violence, uh, one thing also that is in the, in the conversation about gender is power relation. Mm -hmm. And so 
But when, you know, well, you did a, a little bit give some insight of it, but when someone tells me about power relation and agriculture, um, I'm a bit, mm, what's happening there? Mm-hmm. So um, can you tell us a bit uh, what is it about and how, why there's a link between the two? Um, really, we look at power relations as a root cause. Inequitable power relations uh, uh, or discriminative power relations, as you, if you may, as one of the root causes of uh, poverty and gender inequality. This happens because there's inequitable power relations within the household between men and women, in the communities between men and women, in between the poor and the rich, you know, between uh, you know the countries, mm-hmm. uh, between specific countries, the rich and the poor. Within countries, you find the, the you know the gap between the rich and the poor is like really wide. Mm-hmm. And so, what happens when there's an equal power relations? It means that in a certain setting, men are going to access extension services. They are going to access credit. They are going to access land. They are going to access all the other productive resources they need better than women because of this unequal uh, power relations, because they have power in certain spaces that women do not have, in a lot of spaces, mm-hmm. uh, actually. And that is why it is important when you look at what are the productive resources we need in agriculture, what are the social norms that um, are bound by these power relations that hinder the productive engagement of women in agriculture. And that's why looking at power relations then becomes key in agriculture and in, in all other sectors. So I did a bit of my homework. When we talk about power relation, uh, there are like four forms of power, right? So power over, power with, power within, within uh, and power to. Can you explain to us what they are and how do they manifest in the agriculture sector? So understanding structural power begins by understanding the forms of power that there are. So based on some work we did, we came to define these four dimensions of power, which we call the power cube. Uh, the first one is the power over, which sometimes people can also um, you know, take to mean control over. It's the most discussed you know, form of power, and which in most cases has a negative connotations when they say control over women's bodies, control you know, over these resources. When we talk about control over resources, then it is the men that have the resources. But if we flip it on the other side, we could say that women have control over, you know, their own body or have control of the agenda, you know, at a table, how we look at it. And so the conversation tends to uh, really base around power over. But as you have correctly noted, we have other forms as, as power to, which is the power to do something, power to take charge of your life, power to... To, to gather the skills and the knowledge, the power to be able to undertake uh, something profitably, which is empowering in itself. And then there's the power within, which means a lot. Your own aspirations, your own control, you know, over your body, over decisions, your confidence, everything that is within, uh, uh, you know, uh, a person that helps them look at these progress markers that I was telling you, what you'd love to see, what you'd like to see, you know, going forward, how it manifests from within uh, the person. Uh, The other is the power width, which is what, again, we tend to work with a lot. The collaborative power, which begins within the household, between men and women, at community level, at the collectives, the self-help groups 
the collectives, which are the entry point and the outward point for, for agricultural uh, production, the power to come together in those collective forms of power, because that, uh, th that's the entry point of all the agricultural programming that we do uh, for groups, men and women, uh, to come together to access uh, you know, markets for their produce, get economies of scale, and then be able to control uh, the markets uh, outward. So looking at these three last ones that I talked about, the power within, uh, the power to, and the power with, are more empowering forms of power as opposed to the control over or the power over, which is coercive, which can be discriminatory. So in our work, we are trying to look at how we empower rather than focus on the negative uh, forms of uh, power. Um, so then by focusing, well, I just assume there, but by focusing on those three uh, other type of powers, does that also unpack uh, the, the, the first one, the, um, um, the power over? Or like, did you see any change? Or do you expect to see any change by focusing on those three that you will also uh, unpack the power over part? Yes. And I believe that someone, once someone has their own conviction, they have their confidence, they have the skills and the knowledge that they need, yeah, which is the power within. And they, they have a power with, uh, with others to influence a, a certain discourse, let's say, mm -hmm. around gender-based violence, which is related to agriculture, because as I said, it can be an unintended uh, consequence. So coming together with this and having the power to take the action can go and flip this conversation over the power over, the power that men want to have over women's decisions, the power that men want to have over women's bodies, the power that men want to have, you know, the power that governments, the power that um, community leaders that have over poor people, you know, for instance, mm -hmm. then is flipped over such that it is the women who have the power over the agenda on the table together with the men moving together. In, um, in, in doing so, in addressing those, those power issues, um, what are some of the best approaches that you have seen uh, come from your experience and, and, and your work uh, recently? Mm -hmm. The approaches that place empowerment within communities, within uh, smallholder farmers, as we are talking about farmers here, that place the power with women and with men at community level and engage them at the kind of approaches that are already trans that that in itself is transformational because they are setting the agenda and you're facilitating that agenda rather than setting that agenda. So these, as I said, are community-based uh, approaches. Mm -hmm. At CARE, we like to call them rights-based approaches because we believe that gender inequality is a transgression of human rights. So it's a rights-based approach, and what we seek to do is to um, work with approaches where the communities uh, set the agenda, uh, the communities um, determine what social norms, for instance, they want to change. They go through this, uh, w why this practice was practiced back in the day, which is um, retrogressive. <laughs> what was important about it then? why it needs to change, mm -hmm. and how that is going to change. So we have an approach in care, which is called the social uh, analysis and action, and which we are also applying in our project, um, with, with the AFS project, that begins with staff themselves 
going through their own attitudes, their beliefs, and their actions because they mirror in the way we work. So reflecting as staff, care staff on our own behaviors, our own beliefs, our own traditions, and how they mirror in our work before we seek to make that change within the communities where we go through a, a reflective process mm -hmm. on what these changes are and how they affect the communities and how they come back to affect agricultural uh, uh, productivity. That way you move in tandem with the community and you engage other partners that then can, can facilitate this um, social uh, transformative uh, change. And speaking of power again, going back to the agency, mm -hmm. which is the, the, their own capacities and the skills, looking at the relationships that they have at community level, at household uh, level, because these uh, relationships are some of these structures that determine um, uh, at market level, you know, market actors are mostly mm -hmm. men, and these are relationships. Uh, mm -hmm. Policymakers, these are relationships. Yeah. Then we also look at uh, the structures which govern or condition the environment within which women, uh, you know, determine uh, their choices. So the approaches that are embedded in these three dimensions uh, that actually give power to the communities mm -hmm. themselves are the are the ones that we uh, seek to, to work with. And, th well, that seems like uh, you face, you would face um, quite a few challenges. And, like, you, um, like, for example, the masculinity where you, you talked about, uh, from where what you just talked, I see also maybe sometimes cultural uh, as well. Um, what other challenges that you see in implementing those approaches to actually get the result that you want at the end social norms when you look at the word itself like norm it already feels like something normal <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> so sometimes it's difficult to be changing what feels you know like is the norm mm -hmm. so there's going to be a uh, resistance mm -hmm. in our community level but as i said we seek to engage the various um, organs of community, such as the traditional leaders or the religious leaders who are the custodians of mm. these uh, social norms, uh, for them to be able to speak into some of these changes. Various approaches, um, you know, that we have tried in care, and one of those is called role model men, where the men that have internalized these changes are able to uh, to mentor the other men and, and then speak to them and, and give, uh, you know, those testimonials that, you know, that lead uh, to those uh, changes. But we do also face other um, uh, challenges that are not within the control of the communities. Infrastructure, mm. um, you know, seed systems within the countries, uh, you know, policies, um, markets not working. Uh, th these are some of the challenges that hinder um, proper implementation of agricultural programs that also make the, 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 the social change hard uh, you know, to achieve. Mm -hmm. And that is where we seek to engage policymakers, to engage research organizations, and to engage other partners that seek to address some of these systemic and underlying uh, issues. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to seeing more and more work that brings men more into this conversation around uh, women's uh, empowerment. Well, thank you uh, for listening, and then uh, we're looking forward to continuing this conversation with you.